pray for us that indeed the, the Spirit will, will rain down and we won't have our raincoats on. That we won't have our spiritual umbrellas up that, that prevent, that block the, the Spirit um, to, to take us to places that we don't necessarily want to go, but they're the places that God wants to take us for they're the, the best and right place um, for us. We're on a a journey these last uh, several weeks uh, of looking at God's epic. Really just looking at the the scripture in in one swoop over the course of uh, seven Sundays. um, Understanding God's story of the scriptures in a a five-act play. And just to remind you um, uh, and catch those up that haven't been here um, uh, or those that are visitors with us uh, today. Um, The first act is creation. And the, the, the main character is always God, always the triune God. And the supporting cast are different people along the way. And the supporting cast in creation, that first act is Adam and Eve. Then the, 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 and Adam and Eve, you know, that's when the main problem comes on the scene of what we call the fall, of their breaking away from God. And the, the rest of God's epic is, is curing that brokenness, is, is, is bringing redemption, it's, it's bringing rescue. And the next step in that plan then is Act 2, which is Israel. Uh, the, the promise uh, to Israel, the, the, the exodus of Israel, and the, the, the main supporting cast that we looked at were Abraham and Moses. And, and how in Abraham, God made a promise to Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars and that through him he would be a blessing to every family in the earth. And Moses was the one that God called to, to lead then Israel out of slavery um, into the promised land. And that was act two in this play. Then, then act three in God's epic is Jesus. And we've, we've looked at, at Jesus as the, the Savior, the, the Lamb of God and the, the great teacher, our, our Savior and our Lord. And yet uh, today we, we move then into act four. Jesus, uh, as we move into act four, Jesus ascends into heaven. And then sends his Holy Spirit, who is, empowers then the church. That's you and me to now be on stage. That, that, that's you and me. You know, I know I'm up here a lot on this particular platform on Sunday mornings uh, for a little bit. Sometimes a little bit more than a little bit, but no comments. But when we leave from here, and even then, you're on stage. I mean, you are the actors. You're the supporting cast. Adam, Eve, Abraham, Moses, David, Jesus, and then you. And me. Now, now, we are on stage. We're the one that are, that are carrying out the script, that have been given the props, that have been given the power 
to carry out that same message, that same work that Abraham, Moses, Jesus did. And the passage that uh, many of you were given last week when you left, our memory passage for the week was Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Let's uh, um, say that together and invite, if you didn't memorize it or not, just invite you to say this with me. This is Jesus' really last words before he ascends um, to the Father. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's you and me. I mean, the Spirit has come upon us and now we are to be witnesses of Jesus wherever we go. Now, have, uh, as, as we've been walking through this, I've been using little videos. We've been using little video snippets from that mini-series called The Bible that was on the History Channel. And again, I uh, um, uh, recommend that to you. You know, it's, it's, it's good. It, it is a good way of getting the, the, the big picture. Yeah, we might argue with little things here and there along the way. Um, but it's, it's good. And I'm telling you, as I've told you before, that's, as, that's the highest rating you're going to get from somebody who studies the Scripture and somebody tries to put it on video. You know, good is as good as it gets. Because there's, unless I do it, then it's going to be great. <laughs> In my mind. I'll say great. That, but that's it. You know? And you've got to do the one that's great for for you. But this is then after Jesus has ascended and the d- disciples are in that upper room, um, a couple of folks you'll meet in there. Stephen was the first deacon, the first martyr of the faith. And Peter's the guy with the real full beard. Um, uh, Thomas, doubting Thomas, he's the guy that's balding. Uh, you'll, you won't hear their names, I don't think, in this little clip. But this is in this picture of what happens in this video rendition of when the Holy Spirit then comes upon those disciples, followers of Jesus gathered in the upper room. John, I'm glad you're all safe. Thomas. It's good to see you again, Stephen. Matthew. What form will it take? When will it come? Jesus said all we had to do is ask. I have been asking. Every day. The Holy Spirit will come when the time is right. I think we should pray together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
got a message um, and they didn't even have cell phones that day the uh, and they represent us now as we as we read on I'm gonna read on a little bit after that right after that Peter makes a, a sermon a great um, powerful sermon and what I'm gonna pick up in verse 37 is then the people's response to all that they had encountered as the Spirit came upon the church with power. It's found on page 886 in your pew Bible. Um, it's uh, chapter 2, starting with verse 37. Let's uh, continue in prayer. Gracious God, continue in the power of your Spirit to, to open our eyes, to open our hearts. Uh, to, to speak to our very soul of, of your truth, of your beauty, of, of your power, of your calling upon us as your followers. Help us to, to take our spiritual raincoats off, to put down our spiritual umbrellas, to truly receive your leading for your glory and your honor, for the, the furthering of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, uh, starting with verse 37. Now, uh, Peter has just preached. I mean, we've had Pentecost. Peter has, has preached to those that were gathered. And, and then we, we pick up here. Now, when they heard this, what Peter just preached, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Now, just right there. Just stop right there. You can keep the passage up. But, I mean... That ought to give us a notion right there of what the main question we should ask after every presentation of God's Word. I mean, what should we do? Not, uh, was it entertaining, or was it funny, was it good, was it bad? 
What should we do? That's how, that's how we've always done it. That was the, the beginning. The, the first sermon, and, and those outside of the church gave a great example. What should we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourself from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. Now let's just hold there, just for another moment. Because uh, uh, notice then what, what should we do? And then Peter tells them straight up, here's what you need to do. You be repent. And we've talked about what repentance is over and over. And if you've seen me once, you've seen me a hundred times. Repentance means to change your direction. You're going your own way. You're going the way of some other master. Now turn and go the way of Jesus as your master. That's what repentance is. Turn and follow him and then be baptized. And you know, so often we get into arguments in the church throughout history about baptism. Well, baptism, baptizo, the word does mean immerse. But I don't think God cares one iota what we do with water. What he cares what we do with our soul being immersed under the subjugation, under the submission to our Lord Jesus Christ. So when he says be baptized, repent and be baptized, it means it's no longer your life to live. It's your life to give to Jesus. And when you're baptized, you die to self and live for Jesus. That's what he captures in that moment. That is the response that anyone makes who hears the good news of Jesus forgiving sins. And that's the other thing that, that Peter says here. Your sins are now forgiven. You're cleansed. It, it is the radical grace of God. That grace that is so impossible to fully grasp and understand. That in Jesus, he has taken your place. As we talked about a couple weeks ago. He is the Lamb of God. Who is now in our place. Taking what we deserve so that the wrath of God will pass over us. will pass over them and now because of that we now give our full lives unto Jesus because he has given his full life unto us and then he says and you will receive the Holy Spirit that's, that's the, what, what he gives then to us as, as we give ourselves to, to him for what Jesus has done for us it's a, in a sense it's sort of a, a Jesus Holy Spirit sandwich you know, what He has done for us, we receive, and then the Holy Spirit fills us with that same power in enabling us to be witnesses of Jesus wherever we go. And, and did you catch, too, in verse 39, echoes of the promise to Abraham. I mean, this is what gets me. This is thousands of years later, or, or than, than Abraham, but the promise that he made to Abraham, remember that every family of the earth will be blessed through you. Well, now 
He tells, Peter says that the promise, verse 39, the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. Isn't that just an echo of what he said to Abraham? This, what God promised to Abraham is now being fulfilled in Jesus Christ and lived out in the church. I mean, we've got nations of the world gathered even in this room as a promise, fulfillment of the promise that God made to Abraham that Peter proclaimed on Pentecost Sunday. So now, for those then that don't know Jesus, who, who, who come in and, and say, you know, you're sort of checking things out. You're welcome. Come back as often as you want. I invite you to the Christianity Explorer classes on, on Thursday night. But Peter makes it clear. If this is what Jesus has done for me, what must I do? It's, it, it's a whole life thing. I mean, it, you, you give your life to Jesus. He's given his whole life for you. Now you, you give your whole life to him. And what usually has to happen for most of us is that we try to live out our own life enough, enough, and then finally we just get tired of it. We get tired of our own failure. We get tired of the, the pain of the world that we can't fend off. And we say, I give up, Jesus. I no longer can go my way, so I'm going to go yours. And Jesus says, come on. You know, whatever it takes, come to me. My, I am here for you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many other plans you've tried and how you've hurt others or yourself in the process. We'll take care of that. Come to me. And then, then for, for all then who followed him, as the Spirit came upon him, what happened? You know, the, the, the verse 42 there, which I, I didn't read. What then happened? What, what, in a sense, now this is, if we go back to that metaphor that we're the... Um, we are on, on, on stage now. That, that we're, we're carrying out this, this fourth act of the play, which is unfinished, which we're still in. You know, and we're, we're sort of, in a sense, we're, we're improvising on this script now. We're, we've been given the props. We've been given the direction. We, we know what has happened before us. Next week, we'll look at what's coming after us. But now it's our job to improvise on the script. Well, we're given some hints here. This is what happened that when the church was born in the midst of the Holy Spirit power. This is how they acted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Now, we're going to really just sort of unpack most of these words here. The first one is devoted themselves. That's a real important word. They, 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 they persisted in. They gave themselves total. Not they dabbled in. Or, or, or they, they, they did on one or two hours a week when the weather was nice. Praise the Lord that you made it through the rain. But they devoted themselves to these practices. This is what is necessary. The church is going to according to the play that God has written for us, then here, this is it. We devote ourselves to these things. So, so one of the questions that I'm going to ask of you to consider is, when you ask, what must I do then? What, what is before, well, how devoted are you to these? And where you are, praise the Lord, stay with it. Where you aren't, 
Ask that Holy Spirit who lives within you, okay, where, where do you want me? What must I do? How, how do I devote myself? How do I devote myself to the apostles' teaching? By, by the apostles' teaching for us today, it's the scriptures. I mean, this, this is the, the, the written word of God that from, from the apostles, those that were following the way of God, that God has inspired and brought to us. This, this is his love letter to us, his word of truth. This gives us the epic that we're a part of. And so, therefore, we devote ourselves to it. We, we study this and seek to live according to this word. That's why that we have, you know, Every time that we gather in here, while somebody gets up and, and reads and talks about God's written word, it's why we have Bible studies throughout the week, why after this service there are classes that, that go on that are around the scriptures because we want to be devoted to this word more than we're devoted to any other word. We're devoted to fellowship. Now, now, fellowship in this word, you've heard it, many of you have heard the, the Greek word koinonia, which is a whole lot more than sipping coffee next to one another for five minutes. It really is a picture of people sharing life uh, with one another. That, that you're, you're, you're sharing your lives in, in small groups with one another, in, in relationships of trust. It's why in this uh, next series that we join with the, the, uh, the whole city, that we join this uh, journey si series, the kingdom come, why that I'm doing more than just inviting, but really challenging, even begging, even pushing, poking, prodding, provoking you to be a part of the small groups. I mean, it's, it's in the middle hour. You know, it's, it's right here. You know, it's got to end within an hour because the next service stops. I mean, what, what a better, easier way just to say, yeah, I'll give myself for six weeks in small group with eight people, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, around your word and around being devoted to, to the apostles' teaching and devoting to the other things that are there, of sharing our lives with one another. It's why our new denomination, ECO, the, um, the uh, Covenant Order of Evangelical Presbyterians, is, is committed to this. To say, no, this is something we've got to be devoted to. This is something we need to tell one another. We expect. And, and so for me, as a pastor in ECO, it is required. It's in the book of order that I am in a small group with other pastors. And we share financial help. It's interesting that that one was first. Because, you know, that's what we... Even in couples, you know, that's the thing that couples lie to one another more than anything else is finances. Even more than having an affair. I got off there. That was free, free bit there. But anyway, as a pastors, we have to be in a small group where we have to share our financial health, our physical health, our spiritual health, our vocational health, our family health. It's required of us because we believe this is so important. It's why your session has to be in relationship with two or three other churches. And every year, a group of the session has to meet with groups of the other session and ask each other questions like, how is the Holy Spirit at work in you? How are you devoting yourselves to global missions? How are you devoting yourself to evangelism? Because we need to be in this kind of fellowship where we share our lives 
with one another. I mean, it's the way we've always done it. To the breaking of bread, which we're about to do, and as that speaks to us in a sense of gathering in places together and experiencing and seeking God together. Discerning the presence of God, praising God, responding to God, but doing it in a way with others. Whether it's breaking of bread as we have in this sacrament or whether it's breaking bread as we gather in any number of ways, particularly like here on Sunday morning where we gather to experience God together. We devote ourselves to that, not dabble in it. And then to prayers. Probably speaking there about some set prayers that were part of their Jewish heritage that they Christianized in the name of Jesus according to the character of Jesus and that we continue being devoted to prayer, to talking to God regularly, individually and alone. It's why we have prayer cards, little yellow cards in the, the pew. It's why that officers of the church meet in the prayer room here every time that we gather. It's why in a few moments we're going to have healing stations, prayer stations, where officers of the church will gather with anyone in need of prayer. It's why on uh, Thursday morning at 8 o'clock, Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, in that prayer room, people gather to pray for the church and for the community. It's why Monday night, we, we gather every uh, Monday night at 6 o'clock outside a house of joy uh, in order to walk up and down Hamilton Avenue to pray for the neighborhood and the churches in this neighborhood. It's why we gather yesterday at 4 o'clock just at that corner of Grossbeck and Hamilton. And get this, there were 13, 14 other groups gathering and praying at the same time at the request of the Cincinnati Police Department saying this is beyond any human capacity to, do, to continue to oppose evil and crime and violence in our community. So will anybody that wants to pray gather in the different districts? And they were just thinking of five and six gatherings in the church. rose up and said, oh, we got about 14 or 15, and that's going to happen for the next six weeks. Now, the great thing about gathering there is that's what I call a Presbyterian prayer gathering. Because what we do is we walk through the neighborhood praying silently and then gather. It takes less than an hour. On Monday night, it's not quite Presbyterian, a little more Pentecostal. We do a little bit of singing and clapping and and shouting and praying out loud on, on that one. So you got your pick. Monday night at 6 or Saturday at 4. And that will happen for the next 6, 7 weeks. And then they'll have one big one 7 weeks from now, uh, from, uh, uh, or 8 Saturdays from now. Uh, one big one somewhere where all the different 14 prayer gatherings will gather um, together. But we devote ourselves to praying for one another, for talking, listening to God individually and together. You can read on the the rest of the the passage and you see it. It it pours out even more and more clear ways with awe, fear coming upon them. Um, Because when when the Spirit comes, it it is um, awe-inspiring. It it, it can get messy. It's outside of our control. You see uh, the financial generosity of the, the people caring for one another. And you see many people coming to faith. But I, but I want to end being clear with what I am asking you to do 
And you've got to be in touch if we're not. The Spirit's asking you to do the same. But one is to be a part of a journey group. When it starts in a couple weeks, give, give that 10 o'clock hour to devoting yourself to fellowship. Give that time for that period of time to give yourself there. And secondly, what we just sang about the Holy Spirit raining down, that that would be your prayer. That, that you would pray this week that the Holy Spirit would have the Spirit's way upon us. Upon you. Upon me. Matter of fact, I ask you, with fear and trembling, you can say my name directly. If, as long as you say your own name directly. Let that be our prayer this week. And then let the Holy Spirit be at work. And may we, may we then, being devoted to what we've been devoted since our very beginning, may we then win an Academy Award as we fulfill our role on God's stage, filling, completing His epic. Amen.